Hello, and welcome back to episode seven of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, coming to you from College Station. Uh, also coming from College Station is my first co-host, Walker Lott. How are you doing today, Walker? I'm doing good, doing good. And my other co-host, Ryan Schroeder, joins us from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Ryan, how are you settling in back in Stillwater? I'm good. Four-hour drive, you know, but, I mean, I'm here now. Gets to do another semester at this lovely Oklahoma State University. So, you know, you love to hear it go pokes. But um, today we actually have something special and exciting for y'all as we will be unveiling the finalists for the first annual Texas Private School Podcast Football Awards. And, you know, there's. Oh, I wanted to say, you know, uh, we, you know, I've been talking a lot of it about the funding and all that. And I found out, you know, through uh, reaching out to a lot of people, we have funding, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Family Toyota. It's a fr- it's a family friends. They own a car dealership, I believe it's in the main ones in Burleson. Um, I just want to say really shout out to them for sponsoring this, and so it is officially the Family Toyota Texas pr- presents the Texas Private School Podcast first annual award show. So I just wanted to give them that because you know they're the ones that backed this, and I really appreciate them. So. Yes, I forgot to mention that big thank you to Family Toyota. Uh, like we said, we've been mentioning uh, funding and sponsorship for the past couple episodes now, and uh, this capital and this funding allows us to actually uh, make trophies for all of these awards and be able to give everyone that wins a little keepsake. So that helps us and the podcast more than you can imagine, and big thanks to y'all. Um, and, you know, there's been a ton of time spent on research regarding these awards, and a lot of criteria has been taken into account when selecting these players. And so just we, we've done our research and our homework looking at this. Um, I want to thank everyone for the support on Twitter when the semifinalists were released. Um, that got uh, kind of the hype train rolling, and it means a lot for that chatter and that buzz to start because, you know, it gets everyone excited regarding these awards and we can get as much reach as we can out of this. But um, – Walker, I'll start with you first. I mean, what what did we really consider when we were looking at the semifinalists and what went into it? So the main two, like we looked into a lot of things, but the main things we really looked into were, you know, one was stats because, you know, the thing about it is, you know, Devontae Smith was the best player on that Alabama team, absolutely, and they won the national championship. But the stats he put up were the reason he won the Heisman. That's the reason, you know, Trevor Lawrence was in there. Everyone else was in there. Like, even Zach Wilson was close to being in there just because of the stats he put up, even though his team did not do as well as, you know, like Alabama. That's what we looked into, and that's the reason some of these guys are from lower-ranked teams but put up amazing stats. So we found those through, you know, Dallas Morning News, Houston Chronicle, San Antonio Times, stuff like that. Uh, but most of it is through Max Preps, and, you know, the thing about it was a lot of teams don't put their stats on the websites, and, you know, If you don't see a guy that you think is on there is a finalist, just understand, well, it was hard to access those guys' stats. And that's one of the the things we want to do um, going into this summer is make a website so every every team in the state of Texas can go into this website and put all their stats on and so we don't have this issue for the upcoming years. Because I think that's one of the biggest things for a lot of these guys, getting them recruited, they need their stats. They need a promotion like that. And it was so hard to find these guys' stats. I had to go through Twitters and everything and so that's something 
uh, a lot of you know high school coaches need to realize is getting those guys' stats out there, and that's what one of the things we need to do this summer for sure. Um, but yeah, that's another thing. So we looked into that, and then we also looked into all right, how like it's like if you're winning most valuable player, how valuable are you to your team? Like if you are taken out of that team, what does that team do without you? You know. So that's one another thing we looked into, and then of course, you how far did your team go? Because if your stats are good but not great, like a lot of other people, do you did you elevate your team to go far in playoffs? So that was another thing we looked into. Um, it was all those three things. I mean, majority of what we looked into, uh, and I, I, you know, I asked around a lot of guys, you know, here and there, what they thought they're the hardest players they played against, best players, you know, stuff like that. So we looked into a lot of stuff. Because, you know, we are hot college kids, but we took this seriously. And that's what I think these students, uh, these athletes deserve. So, Yeah, exactly. Ryan, I'll turn to you now. We just spent actually t- about two hours on a Zoom call before this trying to, you know, cut the list down to four finalists per award. And how can you speak to like how hard that was and how competitive to some of these positions were? I mean, here's the thing. There's so many variable variables to go into it, and I think that's something that you know you you start to understand more and more when you look at all the talented guys you had in tabs. I mean, why do we have this podcast? This podcast is just to recognize all the talent that there is in, in the entire private school area, and I think that's something that needs to be recognized. Is it's not an easy task to go through this. I I challenge you that if you are if you feel that we have chosen so many wrongs, like you know, chose so many guys wrong, you do it yourself. Like it is a very, very hard task. And like, you know, we try to give as much recognition as possible to the guys that we best uh we best felt deserved it. Like Walker said, you know, those are all the criteria we went through. Um, I did want to touch on this though. So yes, we will be having a website eventually where guys are gonna put their stats on there. Um, I also hope that eventually we should be able to help use those stats to help with recruiting uh, for colleges and help that go on as well as help post our podcast on the website as well. Yep. And we're, we'll have more stuff going on like that as well. Maybe articles in the future on there. There's a lot, just a little side note. I did want to say that is going to be something in the future. And guys, like you said, it is so, it is so we, we appreciate it so much when you're able to give feedback to us. We love it so much. All the response on Twitter is great. It gives feedback to what we need to know as you know, guys that didn't get, we didn't get to go to, every single high school football game this year so all of y'all giving input and stats is so helpful and uh, i think that's something that needs to be appreciated from all the people that gave us love on twitter yeah exactly that support and all y'all's voices is what helps us to go forward with this and gain as much information as possible and it's very very vital more so than most people know to the success of this podcast but without further ado we will actually start with taps division one and announce the finalists for each category, starting with Coach of the Year. We have Daniel Novikov from Dallas Parish Episcopal. We have Coach Bowden from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. We have Rich McGuire from Houston St. Thomas. And finally, Greg McClendon from Midland Christian. Looking at MVP of TAPS Division One, we see Preston Stone from Parish Episcopal, Jadan Burnett from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, Maddox Kopp from Houston St. Thomas, and Brad Evans from Midland Christian. Moving on to Newcomer of the Year, we see Monte Dawson from Fort Worth All Saints, Curly Thomas IV from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, Logan Tanner from Houston St. Pius, and Jaden Jones from Dallas Parish Episcopal. Looking at Offensive Player of the Year, we see Logan Tanner from Houston St. Pius, Grant Robinson from Plano John Paul, 
Brad Evans from Midland Christian, and Christian Benson from Parish Episcopal. For Defensive Player of the Year, we see Terrence Brooks from John Paul, Jadan Burnett from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, Jaden Jones from Dallas Parish Episcopal, and Eric Franco from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. For Offensive Lineman of the Year, we have Austin UK from Dallas Parish Episcopal, Tommy Brockemeyer from Fort Worth All Saints, Tyler Possaringen from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, James Brockemeyer from Fort Worth All Saints. For Defensive Lineman of the Year, we see Jadan Burnett from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, Jaden Jones from Parish Episcopal, Curly Thomas from Fort Worth Nolan, and Cameron Robertson from John Paul. And finally, for the last category in TAPS Division I, we see Special Teams Player of the Year with Riley Reithman from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic, Blaine Bowman from Parish Episcopal, and Pablo Tager from Houston St. Thomas. So, Walker, I'll turn to you first. What really sticks out to you here from Division I and the finalists? I mean, the talent across the board is insane. It was so hard, so hard for some of these to narrow it down. Because, I mean, you have you look at stats, you look at how good their playoff team, and it was just insane to narrow it down. Um, Man, I think the defensive player of the year is probably one of the hardest to do. Um, But I think we got it right because, you know, Jadan Burrett from Burnett, sorry, from Fort Worth and Old Catholic had a heck of a year. Jaden Jones is too. Those two guys were probably the two best defensive linemen in all of Taps Division One. I mean, you could also throw Curly Thomas, of course, from Nolan Catholic, too. But, I mean, Jadan Burrett is a stud. And I think Eric Franco, by far, probably had the best linebacking year out of anyone. With, I mean, like, looking back, Eric Franco had 107 tackles, 74 solo tackles, 8 tackles for loss, and 2 sacks as a linebacker. That's a heck of a season. And leading that linebacking core, you know, all the way to a state chip, uh, state championship appearance. Um, you got to respect it. Um. You know, and we talked to Jadana, and he said, you know, one guy who was really underrated on that defense was Eric. And, you know, he did everything for that team, helped everyone, and that front seven was deadly for Nolan Catholic. Um, looking at the Offensive Player of the Year, you know, Christian Benson was the only guy uh, that was over 1,000 yards receiving. And that, in its of itself, should be why you're uh, nominated for Offensive Player of the Year. With also having around 400 yards rushing, I mean, baller of a year. Brad Evans, 1,200 yards rushing, and then Grant Robinson as well with 1,200 yards r- rushing as well. And then Logan Tanner, 980 yards receiving, I believe, um, as a tight end. I mean, you don't even, like, I was looking into the top tight ends in this, the nation, and I mean, the guys from, you know, Kyle Pitts didn't even have that many receiving yards. So, I mean, all power to him for having a great season. Um, and that's why he's also a newcomer of the year. That's why Jaden Jones is a newcomer. And the Curly Thompson with six or what was it, sixteen sacks on the season. What a season for that kid. Um, and that's why he's also a newcomer of the year. Um, MVP. We looked into, of course, if you have a great, great senior year and or junior, sorry, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and if you can pass, if you have a great offensive season, like Preston Stone and Maddox Cop did, over three thousand yards passing. You deserve to be an MVP, and that's why your team was 5-0 and in district for Maddox Cop. And then Brad Evans, we looked at he 1,200 yards rushing and then being an all-state linebacker. I mean, MVP, most valuable player, and that's why he was there. Um, and overall, just great, great team effort by all of them. Great. That offensive line, man, 
all four of those guys were ballers, but some of those guys who didn't make it, it was so hard not to put him in. Um, but yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough group to uh, rate for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ryan, I'll turn to you now. What big picture really sticks out to you from the Division One finalists? If I'm being completely honest, I think I think the categories that you know you may think were not uh, not the hardest to choose were probably some of the hardest because. And in, in reality, you know, uh, we had to decipher between newcomer guys, which is, you know, the newcomer alone, just the, the talent in that level is something that is, is just, you know, unheard of. You got, and the problem with the newcomer of the year, it's not a position where you can, you know, where you can put the guys up with the stats between each other because they play different positions, different sides of the ball. It's really hard to de- decipher, you know, which ones you should put where, um, but like he said, Logan Tanner is a stud. Curly Thomas is a stud. I mean, how are you going to have you know that amount of sacks and then and then what's it called? And then, and then you know also play and then you also have a guy that's putting up more numbers than tight ends in college football. It's like it, it goes both ways. But the one thing I want to say and and Walker's totally right about this. Our offensive lineman that we had to choose from, it is so hard, um, you know, just trying to put these guys up against each other. The Brockemeyer brothers, obviously Alabama boys, going to be great. Uh, uh, Austin UK, uh, another great stud that we love uh, from Parrish. Uh, and then, you know, what's called Tyler from Ford, known Catholic, another great stud. But guys, it's there's more guys behind the scenes that were also on that semifinals list that we had to, like, you know, knock down on off this list. It's just, you know, so much to choose from. Uh, but like like Walker said, the defensive the defensive line had it going. We it was it was it's kind of hard to you know where to pick your battle for defensive player of the year and defensive lineman and you know making sure uh, Jaden Burnett and Jaden uh, Jaden Jones and Curly Thomas uh, uh, all those different guys got their love. So a hundred percent was what, what was needed. And as you can see, I mean, like you already said, you know that that whole list of offensive player of the year is stacked from Logan Tanner all the way to Christian Benson to Brad Evans. I mean. It's, it's hard to, you know, to go through all that and, and to just to decipher, especially when there's so much talent like there is in Division One this year. I think that's something that has to be looked at um, comparatively to maybe some of the other divisions we were going through. Yeah, exactly. Just to wrap it up, there was a ridiculous amount of talent across the board in D1, and it made for some really, really tough decisions um, trying to whittle it down to just four players per category. But we will now move on to TAPS Division Two, starting with Category Coach of the Year, We see Jeremy Flowers from Fort Worth Southwest Christian, Tim Phillips from Austin Regents, Mike Wheeler from Dallas Christian, and Jordan Black from Fort Bend Christian. Next category is MVP, where we see Tyson Flowers from Fort Worth Southwest Christian, Sean Coleman from Dallas Christian, Drew Dickey from Austin Regents, and TJ King from Dallas Christian. Next, we have Newcomer of the Year, where we see Mark Simmons from Fort Worth Southwest Christian, Sean Coleman from Dallas Christian, Corey Harris from Fort Worth Southwest, and David Kashmirovich from Fort Bend Christian. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year, we see Corey Harris from Fort Worth Southwest, Zeke Long from McKinney Christian, Cade Barone from Geneva School of Bernie, and Eli Smith from Houston Second Baptist. Now we see Defensive Player of the Year, where the finalists are Jaden Scarlett from Coram Deo, Bryce Gaines from Houston Second Baptist, Gabriel Gabriel Grubbs from Dallas Christian, and Tyson Flowers from Fort Worth Southwest. Moving on to Offensive Lineman of the Year, we see Remington Strickland from Fort Bend Christian, Nick Zarbach from Austin Regents, Clayton Coyier from Frisco Legacy, 
Kate S is from Dallas and Kate S is from Dallas Christian. Moving on to defensive lineman of the year, we have Jaden Scarlett from Coram Deo, Jaden Jones from Dallas Christian, Bryce Gaines from Houston Second Baptist, and Jake Morrison from Austin Regents. And wrapping up Division Two, we end on Special Teams Player of the Year, where the finalists are Will Stone from Austin Regents, Stratton Butod from Woodlands Christian, and Alex Quintero from Tyler Grace Community. So, guys, I just went all the way through Division Two and read off a lot of names there. Walker, I'll turn to you first. Um, what What do you think we need to hit on from Division Two? Oh, man, um, I think the offensive player of the year, the guys that were up for it, were insane. We had to put in Cade Barone. He passed for over three thousand yards. That means you have to be offensive player of the year, and you know half of that should go Jackson Young, his wide receiver. But I think it, you put it under the three thousand yard passer. So, you know, don't forget about him. But Cade, heck of a year. You know, Eli Smith had a great year, too. Then Zeke Long, I believe, had over, um, he had 1,000 yards receiving as well with 19 touchdowns. I mean, that's why that's why we put him in there. Like, you cannot disrespect that. Great season for him. Um, and then Corey Harris, he was one of the reasons that Forrest Salvage Christian made it so far that they did. Um, that, Yeah. Defensive player of the year, we had two linemen who were going to go play Division One ball and Jadon Scarlett and Bryce Gaines in Division Two. Both are elite players. Um, that's the reason they're in there. Tyson Flowers was a first-team All-State first pick for the defensive back. And then Gabriel Grubbs, I believe, had over, like, I think it was, like, 80 tackles on the season. So that's why he's in there. Like, more tackles for loss, like, I think, like, 5-6. I mean, great, great season for both of them. Even the special teams, Will Stone versus Alex. I mean, those two guys are five-star quick kickers by Cole's kicking. I mean, who has two five-star kickers and having to debate who's going to be who? So that's going to be very interesting who's going to win that one. Um, and then even MVP, Tyson Flowers, Sean Coleman, Drew Dickey, and TJ King. That was really, really, really hard to do. Um, TJ King playing both ways for them. Um, Drew Dickey leading them over Dallas Christian. I mean, and then Tyson Flowers beating Forth Christian finally for a long time for them not being able to, and finally beating them and making and getting them to the semifinals, playing both sides because that's what we really looked for in these lo lo uh, lower divisions was can you play both sides of the ball and can you be elite? Because a lot of those guys you're gonna have to in those small of uh, divisions, so that's what we really took importance in in some of these things. Unless you have a great offensive year like Sean Coleman, Sean Coleman, T.J. King was a great player. But no one denies the fact that Sean Coleman was the most valuable player on that offense. Without him, that offense would have not been the same. Because 12,000 yards rushing was elite for Sean Coleman, and that's why he's in there. So, yeah. Overall, great, great uh, list for all those guys. They should be proud of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Sean Coleman with those 1,200 yards rushing really made a big difference for that D.C. team. Uh, Ryan, we just had a lot of we had a lot of debate regarding each of these positions, and we probably spent the most time on Division Two trying to weed out certain players. Uh, what do you have to say? What sticks out to you regarding Division Two? I was actually just about to say that we probably did spend the most time on Division Two, if we're being completely honest. And I think part of that was just in the three categories of MVP, newcomer, and offensive player of the year. Uh, guys, we were we were literally talking for over two hours in the Zoom call, you know, right before this call. I'm going to guarantee probably 
45 minutes of it to an hour was just spent on probably close to those three categories. I, I guys, 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 it, it's, it, it takes a lot of effort to, to, uh, you know, dim down the numbers that we had for all or the dim down the number of players that we had for each category, but it is so hard going between the MVPs and newcomers and office player of the year, especially when you have guys that overlap each other in different categories and trying to figure out how it fits in each situation when they overlap each other and trying to, trying to make sure that you have the, the awareness of how good this guy is at this category. But if he's MVP and he has, if MVP is not offensive MVP means if he plays both sides of the ball, like Walker said that they deserve both the offensive stats and the defensive stats. There's so much, there's so much that goes into this. I hope everyone understands that. Um, But yeah, guys, I mean, one thing that I was going to also hit on, when it comes to offensive linemen of the year, you have a guy like Remington Strickland in there, which is going to be insane. But guys like Nick Zarbach, Clayton Coyer, and uh, Kate Estes, all with good um, good running backs coming behind them, they were leading that team. Uh, you know, uh, leading that team with uh, the you know the front on the offensive line. I think that's something you got to see because um, a lot of these guys, from what I know, uh, you know also had, you know, pretty solid rushers behind them, but also had other good linemen on their team. So it's also a, uh, a big statement to say that, uh, you know, regarding these guys. But like I said, y'all, I mean, it's always going to come down to, you know, when you have a fight against Jaden Scarlett uh, and, and you know, also Bryce Gaines, uh, you know, trying to choose between those guys, also with Jaden Jones. And it, there's so much to think through. And I think that's something that, you know, it, it makes it hard. And like like Walker said, Will Stone and Alex Quintero in the same category. I mean, guys, how do we even choose? How do we even choose at this point, right? But uh, anyways, that's what I that's what I got to add to Division Two. Yeah, exactly. Big shout out to Alex Quintero. That's my dog. But you know, just wrapping up D two. I mean, obviously there was a ton of debate. Uh, you'll see who wins all these awards very shortly in our award show coming up. But just know there was a ton of debate and time spent over this division specifically. However, without further ado, we'll move on to TAPS Division 3, where we start with the finalists for the Coach of the Year, starting with Phil Toe from Covenant Christian, Chris Hogan from Cypress Christian, Mike Harrison from San Antonio Holy Cross, and Wade Whites from LCCS. We then move on to MVP, where we see Hayden Whites, also from LCCS, Austin Sheets from Covenant Christian, Mayan Hicks from Pantigo, and Alex Lax from Lovett Christian. Looking at Newcomer of the Year finalists, we have Jordan Battles from San Antonio Holy Cross, Bailey Jarmilio from Houston Northland Christian, Audie Isbell from Arlington Grace Prep, and Adam Lindsay from LCCS. For Offensive Player of the Year, we see finalists Alex Latt from Lovett Christian, Daniel Calabrese from Covenant Christian, Tyler Prazak from the Woodland Legacy Prep, and Jordan Battles from San Antonio Holy Cross. Moving on to Defensive Player of the Year, we see Eno Etta from Covenant Christian, Myron Hicks from Pantigo Christian, J.D. Dodder from LCCS, and Nathan Kaja from Covenant Christian. Moving on to Offensive Lineman of the Year, the finalists are Jason Hansen from Arlington Pantigo, Braden Smalley from Willow Park Trinity, Kirk Revis from San Antonio Holy Cross, and Bailey Jaramillo from Houston Northland Christian. Looking at Defensive Lineman of the Year, we see finalists Eno Etta from Covenant Christian, J.D. Daughter from LCCS, Avon Diaz from Bay Area Christian, 
and Amir Ali from San Antonio Holy Cross. And we are rounded out by the finalists for Special Teams Player of the Year, looking at Jackson Burnett from Lubbock Trinity, Adam Antwell from Bay Area, Tori Solon from Pantigo Christian, and Jonah Toe from Covenant Christian. So, Walker, I'll start with you. Uh, Division three, there was also a lot of debate and talking over. What do you want to talk about regarding D3? I mean, the talent, like, the stats these guys put up were absolutely insane. Like, the offensive player of the year, like, we had to look into it really, like, deeply because we had to, we literally, like, named the guy and named their stats next to him. And, like, wow. I believe Tyler Prazak, 24. 400 total yards for him alex lack 2600 total yards and then jordan battles 2200 total yards and daniel calabrese as a wide receiver 880 yards and 10 touchdowns insane for all of those guys and they deserve all of them i mean mvp all four of those guys are dogs all of them and they all deserve to be there you know alex lack put up the stats he did myron hicks put up the stats he did Austin Sheets went and led them to a state championship. And then Hayden White's, I mean, is Hayden White's dominant on both sides of the ball. Stud. Absolute monster. Um, but yeah, Eno Etta, I mean, wow. He led all of Taps and Sacks, too, with 17. 16 tackles for loss and 76 tackles. I mean, go off. There goes that man. Um, just absolute stud. And that's with him and Kaja on that defense. I mean, that's that's disgusting. Um, but J.D. Daughter, first year playing football, putting up 61 tackles and six sacks. Go off to him. And then the D1 running back in Hicks from Pantigo, 92 total. He can play both sides of the ball. That's why he's on an MVP. 92 total tackles and seven tackles for loss. Um, and the defensive lineman. Okay, I have to give a shout-out to these two guys. Amir Ali from San Antonio Holy Cross and Avin D- Diaz. Those two guys, Bay Area Christian, League City, you don't hear that from often. Those two guys were ballers. Go watch that tape, and you and you just see dominance. Like, And I was really, really impressed with those two guys. Um, absolute studs. And then special teams. I mean, those four people balled out. And, I mean, all of them are great, great players. Really respected all of them. And overall, great list. Even Jordan Battles. Jordan Battles have a long here. I remember he was at Calvin Judson. He was at Brandis, I believe, in San Antonio. And now he's at San Antonio Holy Cross for his senior year. All three times, he's been dominant. Shit proud of himself. And he was a big-time player. So, yeah. Yeah, no, all those are great points. Uh, Ryan, I'll turn to you. I mean, what really, what do you want to talk about regarding D3? I think what you have to say is, like, you know, I just want to start out. This is going to be funny because you, you, you think about choosing between players as hard enough as it is with their stats, but choosing between coaches is hard too. I mean, you got a coach like Chris Hogan and Phil Toe, uh, you know, uh, against each other with also Wade White. I mean, it's so hard to choose between all these coaches when they're this dominant. And I honestly think that some of these coaches, and this is just going to be me from what I know, um, you know, in, in my, in my heart as a, as just, you know, as just a private school football fan, I think these coaches have good hearts for these kids. They really care about how these kids play. You got a guy like Chris Hogan that spent most of his time at great fine faith. Now coming over to Cypress Christian, you got a guy like Phil toe who loves these kids to death and has made them good men in their hearts. 
think there's a lot more that goes behind the scenes for the coach of the year that some of y'all don't realize because it's, it's not it, as much as the wins matter a lot. A lot of this behind the scenes stuff is that it's just a lot of these guys are guys are good coaches and good men and good role models for these young kids. Um, but like when you get into it, y'all, MVP is such a hard category for all, you know all of um, all of the, the divisions. But if we're being completely honest, it's it's no different for MV, for MVP in uh, in Division Three as well. Hayden Whites is a stud. Austin Sheets is a stud. Myron Hicks is a stud. Alex Lack is a stud. If you want to look up the stats for yourself, like we already mentioned them, they're insane. These kids are all insane. Um, if you want to go back, uh, it's like episode two or three when it was still the playoffs. You can hear how much we talked about Jordan Battles, by the way. We made sure he was going off in those playoff games. He was a monster. Him and Austin Sheets were probably two of the most talked about guys in those, in those first couple of podcasts because they were just going off in their playoff games and i remember that still um you know that whole list is really good though you got guys all the way down i, I don't even want to go through the offensive player of the year like because walker just went through it How, literally if you disagree with us please try to choose these for yourself it is it is so hard to choose for the, between some between some of these guys um I love the shout out to the what's it called the bay area kid uh and, and the san antonio holy cross kid hundred percent. They, they deserve all the respect in the world. Um, doing a lot down there when, you know, sometimes it can be hard to get that recognition. That's why we're here. We're trying to give as much recognition as possible. Truly work hard, but a guy like, you know, and, uh, you know, Etta, who's putting up 16 sacks on a year, leading the entire taps. I mean, come on. That's, that's crazy. Y'all that's crazy. Um, also Tori Solon, uh, as well as jo- Jonah Toe. I mean, we have kickers that are playing super, super well. We got kickers that have played well for a variety of years. You know, it's just, it's so, it's so great to see how good these division three players are because the stat lines that they put up sometimes go under the bed and no one really sees them just because everyone wants to look past division two and just go, Oh, that's division three and four. But if you look at it and we, and get, you know, give the respect that it deserves, you can see all these great players. Yeah, the more you dig and the more you research, you realize how much talent there actually is that lies in Division Three, And it's something that definitely shouldn't be overlooked. And if you get the chance, dive into those stats for yourself and really analyze what's there to be found. However, that concludes the Division Three awards and analysis as we move on to Division Four, starting yet again with Coach of the Year, where we see the finalists are Jake Watchsmith from Siner St. Paul, Tyler Holcomb from Waco Bishop Riker, Jason Lavorn from Dallas First Baptist, and Ben Hoffmeyer from Brazos Christian. Moving on to most valuable player, we see the finalists are Eli Cummings from Bishop Riker, Zach Johnson from Shiner St. Paul, Josh Little from Dallas First Baptist, and Levi Hancock from Brazos Christian. Moving on to Offensive Player of the Year, we see Josh Little from Dallas First Baptist. I'm sorry if I butcher this. Uh, Josue Preza from Dallas First Baptist as well. Kai Geese from Shiner St. Paul, and Levi Hancock from Brazos Christian. Looking at Defensive Player of the Year, we see Joshua Pope from Dallas First Baptist, Zach Johnson from Shiner St. Paul, Jacob Mitchum from Fort Worth Temple Christian, and Isaac White from Brian Brazos Christian. So, guys, that wraps up um, Division Four. Anything here that y'all want to hit on, Walker, I'll hand it to you first. Um. You know, Jake from Jake from State Farm. No, Jake from Shiner St. Paul. That was really good. I, I enjoyed that. Um, you know, I believe he now ties the state championship 
like amount for you know taps and i think that's in of itself is a respect um you have to respect that just like you know up in fort worth you know we respect title town texas over there on alito you have to respect shiner st paul down there um tyler holcomb from waco bishop riper he had a great season you know how he started you know we always say how he started and how he finished you know you have to respect the coaching that brought him there um shout out to them you know eli cummings uh Zach Johnson, Josh Little, Levi Hancock. I think all four of them were great, uh, great picks for MVP. All of them did whatever they could for their team. Um, as I'm a Josh Little fan, by like I love this kid. Six two, I believe two oh eight, two oh five, and he had a thousand, one thousand one hundred eleven yards receiving this year. Absolute stud. I mean. I mean, I, I don't care what anybody says. I think Division One Tabs teams would love to have him in their receiving core and the Division Four kid. That's I I love that kid. He's six two. Watch, go watch his Twitter. Um, it's gonna be you know on the tweets and all that. Go watch his Twitter and see how move how well he moves. Um, and his breaks, his his feet are just he know you he he's a stud. I love him. He's a great player. I hope all the best for him and his uh, recruitment up in these next few months. Um, all of them guys, I think they're all great players. Uh, Levi brought Brazos Christian a far away playing quarterback. And I think he had around 2000 yards passing. So shout out to him. Um, all of those guys were great players. All deserve to be there. So shout out to them. Yeah, exactly. Ryan, I'll turn to you. What do you want to talk about from division three and all the finalists? I was going to say the same exact thing about the coach. Like I said, like I said for the last one, there's there's these stud coaches that provide good role models for these kids. I think you, you know you have to you know give give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, especially for Shiner St. Paul's coach. Um, when it comes to these MVPs, uh, you know, category, like like we've said before, Eli Cummings is just a different breed of a human being when he plays football in Division Four. He kind of runs it, run, runs the show around there. It's like we like what we like to say, uh, but but then you got a guy like Zach Johnson who's you know right up there with him in some categories like that, and obviously you know Walker to talk about Josh Little, also another stud in that area. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of lots of talent here. Uh, Levi Hancock is nothing short of another great player. The guys like Eli Cummings, Josh Little, and Levi Hancock, I think, are ones that you want to see in the future. You know, do well even at the bottom of the tap scale. There's still talent, and I can verify that as much as you want to say with well, all the stats that these kids have. Yeah, exactly. I think D4 just really proves any level of tabs you look at. If you look hard enough, you will find talent. You will find kids that can play at the next level. And that's especially seen through all of the finalists for these awards. But finally, we move into our final um, grouping, which is SBC and other Texas private school teams. Starting with Coach of the Year, we see the finalists are Andre Hart from Trinity Christian Cedar Hill, John Buckman from San Antonio Cornerstone, Nathan Larned from Houston Kincaid, and Brandon Hickman from Dallas Jesuit. Looking at the finalists for MVP, we see Dylan Bell from Houston Kincaid, Jake Peterson from John Cooper School, Lucas Coley from San Antonio Cornerstone, and Shadur Sanders from Trinity Christian Cedar Hill. Moving on to Offensive Player of the Year, we see Luke. Coley from San Antonio Cornerstone, Gage Roy from Dallas Jesuit, Shaquan West from Houston The Village, and Dewan Esprit from Beaumont Kelly. And finally, moving into Defensive Player of the Year, we see Robert Fitzgerald from Dallas Jesuit, 
Jake Peterson from the John Cooper School, Cameron Silman from Trinity Christian Cedar Hill, and Monty Harris from San Antonio Cornerstone. So, Walker, I'll look at you first. Uh, what do you want to hit on from SPC and the other private schools? I mean, it was it was hard to look into these guys because it, you just got it was hard. I mean, that's all I really can really say. But I think the finalists we got are the finalists they we deserve. I think those are all great guys. Um, all deserve to be there. Um, Monty Harris from San Antonio Cornerstone is a great player, uh, as well as Jake Peterson. Um, both of those guys are great, great defensive players. Um, I was really, really impressed with watching their film. Silman as well, and Fitzgerald uh, for Jesuit is a dog as well. Jaquan West, we talked about last week, or I believe that last week or the week before, you know, from the offensive player. I mean, if you go watch this huddle, I think it's his highlight film on his Twitter or something like that, the first the first video you see is him hurdling with a dude. And that's just the athleticism he has. Um, great player. You know, Lucas Coley from Cornerstone. I mean, he's going to Arkansas. It, it was, I mean, I believe he also had an offer from Clemson. So, I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. And I think he's a great quarterback, and that's the reason we pick, uh, picked him as long as with the stats and how his team did. Um, Gage Roy, stud over there at Dallas Jesuit. Um, he's going to be a great player for his senior year next year, just as much as he is now. Um but yeah, the MVP and the coach of the year, I think all those guys are all deserving and they should be very proud. And I think they absolutely deserve it. So. Yeah, without a doubt, Ryan, a little bit shorter of a list, but what sticks out to you from the SBC and other private schools? You know, just like how, how well Houston, uh, Houston Kincaid uh, have with the stats that they have this year, um, especially with, you know, when you look at it and you look at the shorter schedules this year for the SBC, I think that's something you also have to look at is when, when you're comparing statistics for these guys and trying to compare them to the other taps taps ones, it's not fair enough to say that, uh, you know, the comparison because all these SBC teams had different schedules, which is very weird to say, but they all kind of like, you know, some, some, some teams had this amount of games, some teams did this amount of games. It was really hard, like putting a comparative schedule for like, or comparative stats for each, you know, each team and all that. But I think we got it right when it comes down to the, the finalists. Um, not much to say else, but, uh, but just, you know, make sure to key on all those guys. Uh, uh, Jaquan West was one that we, um, we spent a little bit, you know, just, just trying to try to go through some stuff. And yeah, that, that hurdle video was something, something crazy that we all saw. So, uh, um, yeah, no big shout out to all these guys. Um, and I think, I think you'll, you'll be happy with, uh, some of the picks that we make in our, our finalists. Uh, I mean, I'm in our, uh, award show. So definitely and be on the lookout for that award show coming up soon. But finally, we move into our superlative awards, starting with the large school coach of the year finalist. We have Coach Novikov from Parish Episcopal, Tim Phillips from Austin Regents, Jeremy Flowers from Fort Worth Southwest, and David Bowden from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. Looking at small school coach of the year, we see the finalist Phil Toe from Covenant Christian, Jake Watchmouth from Shiner St. Paul, Tyler Holcomb from Bishop Riker, and Chris Hogan from Cypress Christian. And moving into large school player of the year, we see the finalists are Preston Stone from Parish Episcopal, Brad Evans from Midland Christian, Drew Dickey from Austin Regents, and Jadan Burnett from Fort Worth Nolan Catholic. And finally, the last category we have is small school player of the year, where the finalists consist of Hayden Whites from LCCS, Austin Sheets from Covenant Christian, 
Levi Hancock from Brian Brazos Christian, and Eli Cummings from Waco Bishop Riker. So that actually concludes all the finalists for the categories that we have. Uh, Walker, I'll kick it off to you first. Any final closing thoughts? Um, this was hard. This was absolutely hard to do. Um, I mean, having coaches, you know, were hard, but some most of them you could understand why they were chosen. The large and small school player of the year, narrowing down all those guys and picking only four as a finalist. I mean, wow, it was it was so hard to do. All those guys deserve it, you know. Um, going through them, Hayden White's, Austin Sheets, Levi Hancock, and Eli Cummings all deserve to be on there. Um, Eli Cummings came in first year and turned that program around. That was it was up and coming, and then brought him to the state championship on both sides of the ball. Same thing with Levi Hancock, first team All State quarterback. I think he was second team All State defensive lineman. He did both sides of the ball and balled out for them. Eli. Austin Sheets taking over the job as the starting quarterback this year, throwing 18, uh, 1,800 yards, sorry, and really bringing them to the state championship and having a monster year for them and a program that was barely going to even play football this year. And then Hayden Whites is Hayden Whites, you know. How he did this year, both sides of the ball, seven interceptions, too many yards to say. Um, that's why he deserves it. Preston Sun, back-to-back state champion, quarterback, SMU boy, did everything he could for this team for four years and 3,000 yards passing. I don't want to know how many rushing yards, all that. Brad Evans, first team All State running back, and then I believe first team or second team All State linebacker. That's what he does. He's he's a mauler, tough as nails. Um, he's a West Texas boy through and through. That's how he is. Drew Dickey, he was the quarterback after Wilson Long tried for so many years. Drew Dickey came in first year and took over the job from Wilson and brought him and made him win a state championship scoring in the state championship games. Um, he only played most of the season only in the first half because he blew everyone out and they just, they couldn't, you know, didn't want to risk that could have a quarterback for them. So I don't even want to know how many, how much passing yards was it would have done if he, you know, played most of the games, the whole games every time. And then Jadea Burnett, um, he was the leader for that defensive line, especially being that senior guy, um, you know, 12 and a half sacks, 10 plus tackles for losses. I believe like 50 plus tackles. I mean, did everything for that Nolan Catholic team. Um, so shout out to him. All those guys deserve it. And then I'll let y'all talk about the coaches more, but I mean, for, uh, the large school coaches, I mean, all of them deserve it. I think all of them deserve to be there. Um, talking about my guy, Jeremy Flowers, um, being where he was, you know, they were picked before the season to go um, be like the lower of that division, of that district, sorry. And then winning that district and then beating McKinney Christian and Fort Worth Christian, which no one in this pro- podcast especially thought that he they were going to beat Fort Worth Christian. And he just, him and his guys and that team overcame adversity every year. And, you know, proud to see him be there. I think all, as a podcast, we thought he was the choice to be there for how much he overcame this year. Um, same with Bowden, Novikov bringing them back to back and then Tim Phillips leading them for their first state win in four years of getting there for the straight time, uh, straight state championship appearances. So all those guys deserve it. Um, but yeah, I think we made the right decisions on all four of these choices. So, yeah, exactly. A lot of thought and effort went into it. Ryan, I'll turn to you. I mean, what do you want to say regarding all of that? Yeah, no, I mean, like Walker said, y'all, it's, 
you know, it's something just to go division by division and try to list out guys, you know, for, for like the MVP and all those categories, because sometimes, you know, if, if one guy didn't get this category, then you can able to put him on this one. No, no, we only were allowed to pick four guys for this, for the large school and the, and the small school. And it's like, it's so hard just, you know, to go through this entire list and look through all these talented players because Walker's absolutely correct. Any of these guys are, you know, are bound to receive any of these awards because in reality, they all had outstanding years and they beat out just about everybody else except for, you know, each other in, in this list, right? They beat out every other player in all of Division uh, One, Two, Three, and 4. Like, they beat out each other and they were in the finals list. Like, being... Being one of these four finalists, I, if, if, you know, any of the eight of you are listening or the eight coaches that are listening, just know that you made it. You, 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 you know, you are the guy that, you know, you know, that did it all the way. You put in the most effort. And if you weren't chosen number one, you were a finalist in one of these categories, you deserve it, right? I think that's something that needs to be said because no guy should be down bad that they didn't win the, you know, player of the year. All four of these guys deserve it from each category, um, especially when you come to the coaches too. I mean, guys, you, you look at Novikov and you look at, you know, Tim Phillips, both, both, you know, coaches led, you know, led their teams to a point where you thought it was, where you thought it was, you know, unbelievable, especially for a guy like Tim Phillips who had like basically just, you know, anchor in as you know come in and then like you know turn the whole program around and like just make everything work i think that's something that's super impressive jeremy flowers um is, is also super impressive like walker said i think you can look through any of these guys especially some of the coaches and see how good of men they are and how good of role models they are um but yeah when it comes to the players it's so like the talent that is listed in the large school player of the year preston stone brad evans drew dickey jadan burnett so many talented guys. I just wanted to state that, and I hope everyone, um, you know, thinks thinks that thinks that we that we put in the effort to put these guys through because we don't we didn't take this lightly. This was something that we all thought that was that was necessary, and we wouldn't be doing this entire award show if we didn't care about it, right? We we you know we wouldn't just you know half whatever you know this award show if it really you know didn't mean anything to us, right? So I hope y'all respect the fact that. Time went into this, and these guys truly deserve it. In our opinions, these guys truly are the ones that deserve it the most. Yeah, without a doubt. And I sound like a broken record, but I'll reiterate what Ryan said. I mean, there's been a ton of effort and research put into this. This is something we've been researching for, for several weeks now. And, you know, we've had this big Google Doc of all these names, and the names, as time's gone on, have gotten narrowed down until we finally picked – uh, the four guys that we think deserve to be finalists for these awards. But, you know, there has been a ton of time dedicated to this, and it's a project that I think we're all very proud of, and we're very excited to show you the final result coming here in a week or so. And I also want to give another huge thank you to Family Toyota in Burleson and Arlington, uh, just giving us the capital to help fund the trophies for these awards is a huge help, and it really helps us uh, put out this idea that we wanted and, you know, give all of these kids, you know, an award, uh, physical representation of an accomplishment they achieved. So yet again, big thank you to Family Toyota for helping us out there. But guys, if there's nothing else that y'all want to say that wraps up this episode regarding the finalists, uh, be on the lookout for the um, 
the episode announcing the winners, which will come in a week or so. That'll be very well done. Walker has a lot of ideas regarding editing that's going to make it look all nice and proper. So that'll be here before y'all know it. But it is very early in the morning. I want to go get Whataburger. I think we're all very tired. So without all that being said, I have been one-third of your host and crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. Peace.